you're able to sell and show who you are really quickly and succinctly because people don't have time. People aren't spending hours and hours with you. And it just really helped me feel confident that I was putting the right stuff out there instead of kind of just like throwing spaghetti at the wall and hoping something stuck. Hi there, welcome to Theatre Life Uncensored, where we peel back the curtain and reveal to you what's really working in today's industry for theatre artists just like you. That means you get to hear and learn how to surpass your career goals sooner and enjoy an easier, more peaceful life along the way. I'm your host, Jim Cooney, a New York City-based director, choreographer. And I'm also the founder of Amplified Artists, a membership community for theater professionals from performers to producers and everyone in between, helping you create a career and life you love. Friends, if you've ever wanted to expand your skill set and get paid for other things you do or make the transition from one area of our industry to another, this episode is for you. My guest today is Michael Van Dorn, and he wanted to jump from performing to choreography, but he was really nervous about it. He shares how he built up the courage to release his very first piece of choreography and the surprising results that he got. I think this interview is really inspiring because we are often our biggest roadblocks, our fears, doubts, insecurities, imposter syndrome, and whatever else. That's often bigger than the things that are actual hurdles in our career. I often say that this career is hard enough. Why are you making it harder? So the more that we see people who feel like us overcoming their fears and actually succeeding, the more it encourages us to take the risk and do the same. Now, Michael, or Mickey, as he goes by casually, he works all over the world, and he shares some really great tips for working overseas if you're interested in that. And I can say, as someone who also works all over the world, that this is such a great bonus to our career. Getting to travel the world while someone else is paying for it and getting to experience the people and the culture and the food it's just amazing. Most people have to save up money for years so they can travel internationally. And here we are getting paid to do it and usually while doing a job that we love to do. Before we dive into all that, be sure to hit the subscribe button in your podcast player so you're the very first to know when the next episode is released. And since this is a brand new podcast, I'd love your help getting the word out to as many people as possible. There's two great ways you can help me do that. The first is by giving the podcast a five-star rating, and the second is leaving a positive review. It really does help the podcast services know which podcast to highlight and feature. So again, I'd be really grateful for your help with that, and I thank you in advance. Now, one of the biggest topics I get asked about is branding. How do I know my brand? How do I create my brand? How do I make my brand stand out so people want to hire me? So to help you all with this, I put together a free guide and worksheet walking you through a three-part formula that clarifies your brand. You can grab it for free at jimcooney.me forward slash branding, jimcooney.me forward slash branding, and I'll include the link in the show notes. By the way, if you want to connect outside of this episode, you can follow me on Instagram at jimcooneynyc. Pop over there and say hello. All right. So here we go. Here's my conversation with Michael Van Dorn. Hey, Mickey, thank you so much for being here today. I'm really excited to talk to you about all these things you've been up to lately. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, well, thanks for coming on. I'm just equally as feeling the same gratitude to you. Um, for people who don't know you, uh, I always like to ask, like, what, how would you describe yourself to someone? Because I think this is something people get nervous about if they're at a party or whatever, like someone doesn't know them or they meet a casting director or whatever. And they say, oh, like, tell me a little bit about yourself. So instead of me, like just reading a bio, 
like to give you the opportunity of like, how would you introduce yourself to someone and like what, who you are as an artist today? Yeah, cool. Um, all right. Like right now in my life, I would say that I am a late career performer, early career choreographer. I'm originally from Sydney, Australia. I've kind of lived and worked around the world and I have uh, currently found home in Brooklyn, New York. And that's like in a nutshell, me as a person meets me as an artist right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You literally have worked all over the world. And that's like one of the things I want to talk to you about too today. Cause I think, you know, when I work with international people, they're nervous to come, you know, like leave their country maybe, or they think it's impossible to go work in another country, but you, you know, you were in Japan, you worked in London too, right? Yeah. yeah I mean, and, and now you're in the U S so like literally all over the world. So how did you, like, did you feel like you had to like, you know, build yourself up to go do that and get the courage to do that? Or like, did an opportunity just fall in your lap or like, what was your kind of like trajectory with all that? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I was, when I was like, I was graduating high school and my first gig out of high school was in Tokyo and it was just, that was more by luck than anything. I booked this job. I knew nothing about it. Um, I knew nothing about, I was very green, knew nothing about the world of um, professional theater. It was, and I was like, why not? I'd gotten into university and was like, oh, maybe I want to go study. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to give this some time. Went away. What was meant to be a six month contract um, ended up being two years. Um, and that kind of like, I met people from all over the world in that first little moment in my professional career. And that kind of led me like so many doors open from that. And I kind of realized so much was possible. Um, so I kind of fell into the first step. And then from there, I started consciously opening doors to like be able to do those things. But yeah, um, I'm very lucky to have been able to do that. But it's very possible if people are like, oh, I can't actually make it happen. You're like, it takes a bit of work, but it definitely can happen. Yeah. I think like that, yeah. like being exposed to people who are doing it is, is one of the things. And I think, um, you know, a lot of people will go train at a university in a country that they want to work in, but you have to have the money to do that. Right. And they will, um, you know, try to get a job like you did, but then you have to have the luck of getting the job. So like there is some barrier to entry for some of these things, but nowadays with the internet and with social media, you, you have exposure to these, you know, situations and people who are doing things all over the world. And like the world has become a smaller place where it doesn't seem so scary to, you know, leave in a way. Um, but there are places for you to build relationships, whether you're using that online, whether you're doing that through like Facebook communities, whether you're in a community like Amplified Artists, like there are places there that you can start to build these relationships and see like, oh, I can do X, Y, Z in another country. And here's the avenue to do that. Um, so, yeah. so when you were... When you said you went away, where, where did you go? Um, I first, um, I first worked at Tokyo Disney resort. Um, and actually like I met friends that I still have now. Um, and that was 17 years ago, I think. Um, and it was, I was really fortunate. I closed out a really wonderful, like musical theater review show. And that was kind of where I learned a lot of what I know now. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I got the chance to be a part of a new build Disney production. And that was again, one of my very early gigs. Um, and I got to assist on that, which was really cool. Um, 
And that was, again, I kind of just fell into it. I was in the right place at the right time. And from that, like, I just kind of got a real bug for the creative side of things as well as being on stage. And I was kind of exposed to all of it early on, which was very cool. But like from there, I knew there was definitely still more to learn. And I'd worked with these people that were really incredible. And I actually went back home to Sydney and I um, went back and trained after I'd worked professionally for a couple of years. Um, and like a big thing that I always drill in is that there is no, there's no hard and fast set rules as to how you do this career. Like people might be like, there is these exact steps you need to take. Right. No one's steps are the same. And everybody like has their own path. Just like trust, a lot of it is trusting your own gut and knowing that you're doing the right thing. I knew after two years, I wanted to move into musical theater more. And I knew that meant I needed to train more in my acting and my singing. So I went back and I did that. Yeah. But like, you learn that on the way and there'll be different avenues that you take and different paths you take, whether it's like specifically in theater or things that are outside of theater. And they kind of all... I've seen like really cool things come together for people where they're like, they used to like draw and do art as a hobby and have ended up as like set designers, major shows doing massive things. And that at the time when they were dancing or when they were performing was a side thing that they just like right. liked doing, fell into the right conversation one time and yeah, yeah big things grew from it. So yeah, yeah, that is not having... Being open to things, I think, is really important and not being like really strict on like, this is the path to this thing I'm going to achieve. Right. Like, it's okay to have, have these goals and have like specific goals and dreams, but being open to that path kind of almost going anywhere to lead you there. Because you don't know at the time the person who right. you met in part, you just, you just don't know that who it's going to be and how it's all into place. So. Yeah. Yeah, stay open and never like try to predetermine how that's going to happen. Yeah. I, Which a lot of people are traveling a lot for work, you know? Yeah. And I think like it's a business of relationships and you don't know how one relationship leads to another. Like you said, you don't, I mean, there's like jobs that I'll get that like, I haven't worked with that person for 20 years, or maybe I've never even worked with that person, but I met them 20 years ago. Like you just don't know when things are going to circle around. And so I think like to your point of listening to your gut, people are so afraid to do that. and it's like your gut is there for a reason. Like it's telling you what to do. And and I think that's great advice of like, even if you had this path planned out and even if like your favorite teacher in the world told you, these are the steps you need to do. If your gut is saying something else, listen to that, you know, because there's a reason that you're being drawn to something or that um, the universe is like giving you that information or whatever you want to believe in. But um, that's really, that's good advice. Um, you You talked about, being at the right place at the right time. And I want to come back to that. But before we do just yeah. almost like this international talk, how did you negotiate or navigate like the different visas you would need to work in all these different countries and all over the world and even now working in America? Yeah. Um, it's okay. That Anyone who's interested in having like jobs around the world, it's a lot of work um, on that side. Um, the best advice I could give you is um, open an Excel sheet and like keep records now of every address you've ever lived at, like formal address for the, um, and every time you've gone in and out of a country, 
Like if you just have all of that information quite succinctly, like I have my little, like I have my little, um, document on my laptop that I can go back and refer to because each country wants a slew of information about you. But that being said with Japan, it was all through, uh, it was all through the companies that I worked for. So Tokyo Disney and Universal Studios both organized those visas, um, which was awesome. Um, for London, I organized for the UK, I organized that myself. Um, but again, it's just being organized, making sure, you know, that like Australia has a reciprocal two year working visa with, um, with the UK and then like same with America has one with Australia the year after you graduate. So a lot of people don't know about it. And it's kind of like, do your own research, find out about things, but like if you're a fresh graduate in the U S you can go live and work in Australia for a year and same vice versa. Um, which is just kind of like a cool opportunity and experience. If you're like keen to get out and travel and see the world. Um, yeah. And then for the U S this, I mean, that was by far the trickiest one. Um, I, there's a thing called the green card lottery. I applied every year for 10 years. Um, this is the lesson in tenacity. It was the 10th year. Um, I opened the, the email that every year says your application has been unsuccessful and that was not the stock standard email. And I was like, oh, this is real. Um, and even from that point, it still took almost, I think it took a year and a half from that point to when I actually had a visa and where I was able to enter the country. It's a lot of work, um, a big burden of proof with that one I had to get police certificates right. from everywhere I'd ever lived, every address I'd ever lived, every job I've ever worked. Yeah. Best advice, just keep a little bit of documentation and keep it organized in one place and it will save you weeks and weeks yeah. of stress. Yeah, totally. Well, I think that's good to, for people to know that, you know, cause this is like in our industry too, you apply or you audition for a job or you keep having a pitch meeting with the same producer and you just get no, no, no. But then finally you do get the yes. And it might be 10 times in your case. It might be a hundred times. It might be one time. Like you don't know, but no doesn't always mean, you know, no forever. It just means no, not right now. And I think like to have that determination, if you, again, listening to your gut, if you feel like this is the right thing for you, you just got to keep pursuing that path. And then eventually that will, that will come out. Yeah. Yeah. And for sure, even with the, the green card, that happened at the right place. Like, again, that happened at the right time in my life. Like it was meant to happen then and not any time before, even though I tried to make it happen when it happened, it was really actually meant to happen and it felt right in the moment, you know? Well, you have a bigger body of work now that you're bringing, you know, to, to this and uh, just the connections you've made. Cause I mean, the people that work at Tokyo Disney and work in UK and work all over the world, like they're also Americans those are some of those people. So you're still building relationships that way too. And through social yeah. media, like we we're talking about. So I think the more like armed you come with existing relationships and the body of work and stuff is just going to make it that much easier in any job market. But when you come to the U S specifically, like that will really help you. Yeah. And like, even like further than that, even as a social circle, I had friends here um, and that people that don't perform anymore, but that are some of my closest friends to New York. And I'm like, it was just great that I had an instant little circle of people to help. Like New York's a tough city. And it, when you're learning it new for the first time, um, to have people on your side and you're not navigating 
all by yourself, like just those connections, are, I, I feel like they're almost more useful than the business connections because you know, you've got that like genuine, again, like support network community totally. around you. Totally. Um, all right. So going back to now what you said about, you know, the right place at the right time, because people say that I say that, you know, we all say that phrase, but do you really think it was the right place at the right time? Or did you think that people actually recognized in you, oh, this guy is really creative mind, or like, he'd be really good in the room to work with and developing this new show, or he has these skills. Like, do you think people recognize that you were a creative person, you know, in terms of like, eventually becoming a photographer, but like, I feel like, I feel like it's a little from column A, a little from column B, if I'm, if I'm honest, like I was in one show, I was uh, like hired specifically as a tap dancer and what they were creating in this new show had a lot of tap in it. And so they needed someone who could do that stuff. But I was also like young and eager and kind of just like willing to go with the flow, um, which I, I guess then like from a personality point of view, they're like, this guy's going to just be like, here for the workshop process and be okay with things changing and mm -hmm. all of that, that like, cause they, it is quite a process and it can be quite draining. And so yes, I guess, yes, people saw that in me because I didn't, it's not like I pitched myself for that job. They just asked, would you like to come along to these things? And you know, that relationship say great. And it still is great. So many years later, um, ended up actually like coming back and doing the 2.0 revamp of that show seven years after the fact. Wow. And like, that was a really cool thing that like I got asked back to do again. You don't know who you know and when. So I think it's, there's an element of right place, right time, an element of what skills you had and what you brought and who you were and how you worked, right. because those things are always going to be important, but not necessarily with a goal of, I'm going to be this and I want to do this. You just show up and do what you do as you do it. And if you, the more you can just show up as yourself, the, the better connections you make in a way that they're going to be the right connections. The people that see you for who you are and like that are going to be the people you're going to want to work with. And there's not going to be like clashing of, cause I'm like, I don't think it's bad to clash creatively, but there's not going to be a clash of personalities and it's not going to be a clash of like, it's going to be a difficult working environment that is going to feel nice and be a good place to create and like let things evolve. Right. Yeah. No, I think it's, you don't want to resist or, or if you're hitting this wall over and over and over again, but then there's another avenue that seems easy to pursue. It, it is. It's like, well, maybe I need to listen to this. And like, if all these other people are seeing this in myself, maybe I should be, you know, looking at this because I think we, it's easy for us to think we come across a certain way or that people look at us a certain way. And sometimes that's not how people really do think of you. And like, sometimes I'll be surprised of like, I just remember like being younger and like an agent um, saying, oh yeah, we talk about you all the time in the office. And I'm like, you even know who I am? Like, I was just so surprised that like, A, they knew who I was and B, that they were talking about me all the time. And it's like, I didn't even know that I was like in that kind of sphere. It's, so I think like when you, when you're getting this feedback from people, it's like, you want to like listen a little bit and be like, okay, well, if people are seeing that I'm really good in the room, if people are seeing I'm very creative, you know, maybe I do want to look at assisting a choreographer. Maybe I do want to look at dance captain or like some of these other ways that are like you said with your friends who were drawing and now they're like, you know, visually designing sets and things like people, people are, if they want to work with you in a certain way, 
I think being open to that, you, you could see that your career could blossom in these ways you maybe you never thought of. Yeah. Which again, comes back to being open to things. Yeah. And if you have the ability to be open to that, then opportunities kind of fall from places you never thought they would, which is, which is a really cool thing. Yeah. So when I first met you, you, unless I misunderstood, like what I was understanding at the time was that you had been thinking about transitioning to choreography for quite some time, but yeah. I didn't like officially like put the, like the stake in the ground, like, yes, this is what I'm going to do. Right. So, yeah. so how, what was the journey from when you were working at Tokyo and you got that little like kernel of like, oh, well, I'm working on this new show. Maybe this could be something I pursue. Right. What was like that journey? Like to, to like you officially saying like, okay, yes, I'm going to call myself a choreographer. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So um, it was a bit of like, it was a, like, it was a real journey. And I like, I honestly, I still feel, I still feel tentative, like putting that stamp on it. It's like, I'm a choreographer. Um, like it's, it's new and it's a little bit scary and it's exciting all at once, but like, yeah, early on getting creative opportunities and then like progressing into like dance captain roles and again people I guess seeing that in me and seeing more how the looking at a production more as a whole as opposed to my role in the show and how it works all of that was useful through that time and then when I got to I always had an idea in my head that that I wasn't always going to be on stage like there are people who are like I am going to perform till like everything gives out and I'm like I love that. That's never been me. I've always seen things a little differently. Um, and I didn't know, and I still don't exactly know how that's going to manifest for me. Um, but for a long time and a big part of what I really enjoy doing is like helping artists on their journey. So like, I, and that kind of led me into direction of casting for a little while and I thought maybe I want to be a part of this process where I can help find like match people into these roles and help tell a story from this side of the desk and uh it was one of the first things I did when I got to New York I was really lucky it was a connection I'd made through working on ships um and I got to intern in a casting office here in New York and a lot of the time in that office I was in the room and I was like learning a lot but I kept seeing the choreographer in the room, like working with people in this, like, it was a different way. It was like right. telling the story in a different way. And it was working with these dancers and getting what they needed out of them in a different way. And I was like, in there doing the paperwork side of things, being like, I want to be just a little bit more on the still active moving side of things. I'm like, I had, um, answer my pants, I need to keep dancing. Um, and I was like, I saw the choreographer doing their thing and I was like, you know what? Like, I've always liked creating. I've taught for like a lot of my in-between gigs with right. teaching. Right. And I, you know, I was like, well, what does it look like for me to actually try and pursue this? And I was like, I don't know, but why not? Like, give it a go that feels more like a path I want to pursue than be in an office full-time just yet in my life right. and in my career. Still feel passionate about that. I'm not going to lie. I still feel passionate about artists and telling stories and that whole process because that is a fundamental part 
And I think there's a lot of room for growth and development to create a better industry through yes. that specific process. But where I am currently, I want to create. Um, and I think I have a like quirky and a bit of like a playful style that not a lot of people have. So I think I've got like something unique to bring. Um, it's scary to say those things still. It's sc like, it's scary to be like, I actually think I have a, a point of view that um, is worth sharing and as a creative. And I've been lucky even in just the little bits and pieces I've been able to create to be able to like showcase that and feel good about that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, um, the path from that like first little kernel of assisting on a huge build of a multi-million dollar show right through to being in that casting office and seeing that choreographer do their thing kind of led me there. Obviously then the pandemic hit 2020 turmoil, who knows what's going on. Yeah. And then that was the time when I really got to reflect and be like, okay, this is something I want to do. If you're going to do it, do it now, like dive in, make the most of it and see what happens. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think we all, they reflected, I mean, you know, this business, everything moves so fast. You're having to work so hard. You have so many long hours. You don't really get these like months of time where you can just be like, well, what, what do I really want to do? And, and like examine that. So, um, I'm glad you took advantage of that. You said it's still scary for you to say these things that you have a point of view and the, and you're scared to call yourself a choreographer. And I, we, this is like something I say to people a lot. It's like, the definition of like in your case, the definition of, of choreographer is like someone who has created dancing. Like it's literally that simple. Have you created any dancing in your life? You're a choreographer. You don't need a Broadway credit as a choreographer to call yourself a choreographer. We, we like attach these like statuses to these words. And I remember when I first started directing, I had the same thing. Like, well, everyone knows me as a choreographer. I can't call myself a director. I'm like, but I've directed like five shows by this point. What, when am I going to say I'm a director? So like I've gotten over that now, like once I kind of had that realization of like, oh, it's just the word, like the definition of the word. And so now like I'm on a mission to help everyone feel comfortable to call themselves, like if you're meeting the definition of the word, you can call yourself that. But, yeah. yeah, but for you personally, like why, like what's the fear? Like where's, where's the fear coming from? Or like what's, what's going on? I don't know. It's, it's, I guess it's just like fear of doing something new, like, and that change. I've always been on stage. Um, and that's always been my go-to and that's what people know, like people know me as a performer. And so it's like the fear is, yeah. it's, it's almost like reintroducing yourself after a long time of like, like, you know, someone and then being like, actually this is this, like I fundamentally as a person have not changed what I'm doing creatively has. Um, and that's funny because there's still like, if there's the right project and the right thing that's like screaming at me. Yeah, I would still love to be on stage and do it. Like, I'm not adverse to that. It's right. just, I'm not going in for everything. I'm not just doing that, right. that or doing a hustle grind. It's, I'm quite selective about it um, because if it's going to work out, it's going to work out. But I am a lot more um, willing to put the grunt work in as a choreographer right now. Yeah. And I did that as a dancer and did that as a musical theater performer. So to like get to this stage here, it is, it is scary to be in that phase. It's yeah. new. People don't know you. People, you don't have, like, I guess I am lucky because you have those relationships you've built as a performer, which really do form a foundation. But it is, 
seeing who's receptive to that. Cause some people are like, I don't like, some people don't see you in that way and other people do. Mm-hmm. And I can be like, oh yeah, you would be great at that. And other people be like, ah, just that becomes scary. Cause you just, I think it's just more a matter of like, you're putting yourself out there again in a new way. And yeah, that's always yeah. going to be a little bit scary. Yeah. Well, I think most people probably like, oh, of course he's choreographing it. Like if they know you and they've worked with you and they see the way your mind is and your attention to detail and all these kinds of things, like, it's like, of course, that's what you're going to do. I think it's, we, we have this worst case scenario, like you said, like people are like, oh, why are they doing that? But I think in general, like, you know, most people are happy to see other people succeed. And if like, it seems like a, a logical place for you to go, which it, it is given your history, then I think most people would support that. Um, you, so like, I know like when you were about to post your choreography, you got really nervous the night before posting for yeah. the time. <laughs> so talk to us about that because you finally got the courage to post it and then you were really surprised with what the results were. So, so yeah, I mean, th- I mean, this was one of my like first moments of really like leaning on the Amplified Artists community um, because I had, cre- I, had, I had created this um, piece pre- pre-pandemic it was 2019 when I did it and I'd filmed it all I'd, I'd like had it all done and ready to go and I didn't share it anywhere or with anything and it just did not feel like the right like it's scary enough and the, when there's not massive world events going on um it just felt like the wrong time it felt like not organic to do that but then we obviously went through a year and a half of not working a lot. And so like, not only did I like have the like, okay, is now the right time for you with like, is anyone going to watch this? Is anyone going to like this? Um, yeah. So I was terrified of all those things. Um, did put it like, a, I kind of like did one of those, like press the button and like looked away and came back the next day and not to be like, oh, wow, but like, I've never had a video on social media and not that I like, am that invested in social media and that side of things, but I've never had it get sucked into the algorithm and came back. And I'm like 24 hours later, almost 2000 people had seen it. And I was like, oh, that's a full theater worth of people saw my work in a day. And it was like a week, like, I don't want to say that that was the confidence boost, but I'm like, it was terrifying. And then I did get a boost of confidence from that and be like, yeah okay it was like well received and people like that's great stuff to keep it coming and i was like oh okay i can do this but yeah still still terrifying there's still that uh, like element of it gonna be scary well i've been doing it 20 years and it's still terrifying for me too like it's anytime you put your work out there it's it's creative it's subjective so yeah i mean that that doesn't go away but i'm glad that you recognize like oh I've, I've made myself do it and it wasn't as scary as I thought afterwards, you know, like you got through it, you didn't die. Um, and actually got a really good result. And so that spurs you on. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, like, if I can like dive back into yeah. specifically with the course and how it helped me, um, with Amplified Artists, there was this, it helps you get your, your like digital life in order, I think is the best way to um, put it. Cause I'm like, there's so much information, like really good information about reels and how to like package yourself online, how to have a website that's like really like hits and is to the point and like you're able to sell and show who you are really quickly and succinctly because people don't have time. People aren't spending hours and right. hours, 
with right. you. And it just really helped me feel confident that I was putting the right stuff out there instead of kind of just like throwing spaghetti at the wall and hoping right. something stuck. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. Um, I do think like you only get the, you know, one time to make the first impression. So it's much easier to do things, you know, in a way that's going to behoove you in the beginning than having to go back and like then re recalibrate what everyone's thinking about you and like reshape your reputation after the fact. So that's awesome. You, um, so, well, I want to come back to your choreography, but just while we're talking about this, um, one of the things like besides all this, like digital stuff you're talking about, we in Amplified Artists, it's like this idea of like your, your money, your health, your mental health, your physical health, spiritual health. And like you, yeah. you're a very like well-rounded person yourself and um, very like grounded person and all these kinds of things. How has like any of that affected your, the way you make art, like thinking of it from more of like this holistic point of view, or is that just like been like a thing that you've been naturally good at, you know, your whole life? I think that like, honestly, like what well, the biggest part of, of when you're making art, you have to, sh if, if you don't share that art, does, does that art exist? other than with yourself. And I think right. the biggest thing in all of that has been the ability to help me share my, my work and my art, um, which has been really great. Um, yeah, it's great because like, as you like work through, like, I mean, I'm still working through it. It's cause it's self-led and you take yourself through different courses. There are different points where you're like, Oh, I'm like, feeling worried about this right now. And this kind of a resource, you're like, oh, I just paid my rent and I'm not feeling great. You go read the money stuff and like listen to the seminars and you go like, oh, okay. Like, and there's like, just again, support and something to help you like chill out. Or if you're like spinning out about a callback you didn't hear about or, or um, whatever it is. And you go into some of the artistry and be like, it's fine. I shared my like work with people and if they liked it, they did. If they didn't, they didn't. But like mm -hmm. hearing it, having that like resource there to just reinforce it is great. And then like on the health side, I love that it's very holistic in that it start, it looks at health from all angles. We're not just talking like, we're not talking just physical health. We're talking mental health and we're talking like health of yourself as a being and knowing how that when you're in a good place there, yeah, you do create better, um, stuff. Uh, I find it funny cause like a lot of people are, are really good with like a schedule and routine and they find that that helps them, which I loved for them. Um, <laughs> for me, the best stuff I've ever created has always been like, and again, comes back to being open to letting yourself. I'm like, as creatives, I think you need to be open to the spontaneous night that led you who knows where that sparked the idea and like yes obviously for the bulk of time if you can have some routine and keep things regimented but like you know when you get like a little idea and it's 10 p.m and then all of a yeah. sudden it's 3 a.m but it's still and it's not shutting yourself off to that and being like yes but my bedtime's 11 p.m and i right. need to stick to that it's like rolling with it and having a double shot the next day at work to make it work and be like okay, like I'm running on like coffee and fumes, but this idea I had last night yeah, happened. Yeah, It's like taking the pieces of what, what's there in that course has kind of been able to be like, this works for me, this works for me, this works for me. Yeah. Other things like you're like, okay, that's great. But like, right. I'm going to do what's always worked for me before. Yeah. And like you put that together. And again, there are no rules 
So it really helps, I don't know, yeah. bring things together for you as a person, but then you're like, okay, cool. Like yeah. we're creating things. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I always say to people, it's like, choose your own adventure because you know, some people love to just do the coursework on their own. Some people love to come to all the live events and just be interactive in that way. Like, and you know, like every course has different, like you said, like there's going to be some things that apply to you and some things that don't. And so it's like, just knowing that you have like all the information there and you can consume it on your own schedule and whatever, like that's, that's been my goal. So I'm really glad that to hear that that's helpful. No, for sure. And it, like, there are certain things that are like, like really useful to people, like, like setting up an LLC and like a lot of the business money side of things, they don't, they're not factoring in like the Australian tax implications of doing that, doing those things. So like, right. yeah, I know that I have to like have these extra things and right. like, but there's a solid foundation and there's like right. a lot of like things that are going to help you, but you just like inject where you are personally into that scenario yeah. and you take and from it. Yeah. And one thing I think two people, like if, if they don't know this already is like, you can leave and come back on your own. Like if you're on a monthly plan, a monthly membership, like you, you can go away and come back. Um, because it's not, the whole idea is not to like suck you in and like make you like, um, like chain to this program. It's like, it's there when you need it. And if you don't, like we have lots of people who go off and do a show, then they'll come back or they want to go work on their own a little bit and come back. And your account is exactly as you left it, you know, like when you pick back up, it's like all of your saved content, all of your favorites, your history, all that stuff is all there, your community profile, everything. Um, so you had done, you had done a couple months and then you had left because you're like, okay, I've learned all this great information. I want to go like, go off on my own, like put my you know head down and like get all this stuff going. And then a few months later, you came back and decided to join for a full year. And so- yeah. And like many people have done this kind of thing. So I just want people to understand that like this, that is an option for you that you can go and come back. But what made you decide? I know like you had said to me, like, oh, I really missed having like this team of support. So that's why I'm coming back. So like, what was your journey like with that? Yeah. I mean, it was really, it was, it was interesting. It was the, was it summer 2021 that I joined? Yeah. Um, and I did, there was like a three month intro it was like uh, getting back to business. Yeah. Cause everything was okay. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. and it was great. And I really, and like, I kind of, I dived in head first. I'd like carved out time for every day. Um, and I learned a lot quickly and felt really good about things and like had some opportunities kind of come up and I was like, you know what, I'm going to go, I'm going to like follow where this path is leading, which was awesome. And then in true 20, 21 style a lot of things just kind of closed collapsed jobs that I had lined up fell through um and I'm not unique in that moment and it happened to a lot of people and I just found myself being like am I I felt like I was back at square one and I was like yeah. oh no what do I do and I was like you know what where did I like where did I feel really good and where did I feel like I could like share my thoughts and have a little community around me as well as like have that support and like learning. But honestly, the biggest part was the little community network of artists that are based uh, around, like, is it just the US or is it around no, there's the people world? all over. Yeah. It's all over. Yeah. Like, and that's it. It's like knowing that that was there. Um, to me, I was just like, you know what, like I, if I know that that's there and that's why I signed up for the full year, it's like, there are times when I'm going to be busier and times when I've got more time for, to be involved with the course, but I'm like trying to carve out a couple hours 
a month to be a part of the live calls and stuff. For me, they're so beneficial. I feel like hearing other people going through the same stuff as what you are instantly makes you feel less alone in something that you can feel like I'm the only person going through it. And then you instantly go like, we are all doing it and we are all struggling through it and we are all, I don't know, find creative solutions. And if you don't find a creative solution, you find uh, like a friend to laugh about it with, as opposed to just getting in your head way too much about it. So I'd say the community aspect of it was the biggest draw card back. Um, oh, thanks. Yeah. Um, and knowing that that's growing still now and yeah. that like the voices that come and join, the stronger that community gets. Um, yeah. I don't know. I was, I bumped into someone from the golf the other day, which was cool. And I was like, we had a weird moment of like, Hey, why do I know? And I'm like, oh, we know each other from online, like yeah. the monthly get together. And I'm like, well, that's like strange, but cool. And that's what New York's like. You bump into people all the time. And then like to know that that's just like a new connection I have in the city. Awesome. Yeah. Well, and I also like too, that inside Amplified Arts, we have people like yourself who are choreographing. We have people who are directors, we have producers, writers, actors. And I say it all the time, it's like, we have everyone, like, if you want to put something out there, you have all these people. Want to do it yeah. yeah. Like you are yeah. you have this network. So. Yeah. Um, no, it's really. Okay, cool. Yeah. Thank you for, for sharing that. It's all, it's always good for me to know like how people are responding to things too. Cause then it right. helps me keep developing it. And I think also like, I also get to appreciate like when you guys are sharing things, it's not just like, I'm sitting back like, oh, this is good. It's like, oh, I need to listen to that too. Or like, oh yeah, that helps me too. It's like, I'm in the same trenches with everyone else. And so it's like, I love getting on those calls as well, because I always leave feeling empowered and inspired by what you all are sharing. So it's, it's, it's really good in that way. Um, so I want to go back. You said, so, well, first of all, let's, let's finish talking about your choreography. And then I want to go back to something else. So yep. you posted your video, you got the, the 2000 views. Great. You feel a bit more confident now, not so scared. So from that point forward till today, like, what are you doing now? And like, how, like, how has that transitioned and like, what kinds of things are you excited about working on and, and whatnot? Yeah. I'm, I mean, right now I'm, I'm just like, I got to, I had an idea. It was one of those, like I had an idea in my head. Um, I was actually out on a gig doing a show um, and uh, the cast were all on board with me. And I said, Hey, do you want to like help me? And I choreographed a note, like a number on them. Um, and like that has been like the best creative outlet that I've had thus far since then, but it's also helped. I now have this like body of work that when I've, I have been pitching to different people and different things. Um, like a lot of my work has been, um, in the theme park cruise ship sphere. And like, I'd love to one day create, um, shows for that because for me, it's like got the, like a wonderful element of like commercial theater where you've got big budgets to do kind of amazing things. Um, but also knowing like the caliber of artists that you get out there is pretty incredible. Yeah. Like, like that's an avenue I'd love to pursue, but also like, then there's another part of me that loves like, like new work, work that hasn't, doesn't have a voice. It doesn't know what it wants to be and being able to like, yeah, place my little choreographer stamp on it and be like, Hey, this is my style here. And I think you could tell this story really well. So I don't know, I've got like little ideas brewing and I'm just kind of forming connections. And I think that's the biggest mind shift that I've had to have from a performer is like former dancer, you rock up to your audition. It's this like, please pick me. 
thing. And the, one of the biggest takeaways I've had from the course, as well as just in general, is like shifting my thinking from please pick me to like, here's what I have to share. And when you're like a choreographer, it's about who you know, it's about like knowing a director. It's about knowing a lighting designer, whoever it's going to be. And like, who knows that one idea that sparks and you go, how, how about we work on this? So we like spend some time on this. Um, and you don't know what it's going to be in the moment. And you don't know if it was just dancing for a few hours and just creating for a few hours or if it builds into something, but like, I'm really feel like I'm taking my first step into that world as well, which is cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. Which I know like it's a lot of what you've done, which is, um, kind of cool to see how like new builds are like their own beast. It's, yeah. uh, a very yeah. cool part of the uh, industry. Yeah. And I think that you, you hit the nail on the head with, and then there's like what I keep trying to help people who are performers with is like, you don't need to just audition there's other ways like your relationships and the opportunities you can create for yourself are probably going to be a faster way to get to what you want than like just hoping that the right show comes along that your part's not already taken yet that you're going to be at the right price point for what they want to pay for that performer like th like you're the right height the like skin color hair color like all the things that they want Repay. like that like it's just so much based on everyone else's desires and not really you like you don't get to really curate your career if you're just showing up for auditions you're just hoping that someone take like the, you're the right number that day. Right. Whereas yep. if you curate your career and you decide what shows you want to be working on and you lean on your relationships and you put these things together, even as you, as a performer, you can write, you know, talk to a director and say, Hey, if you're not busy, I'd love to do like put the scene on tape, or maybe we could like pitch this show. I really would love to play this role. Like, maybe we could pitch this to a theater. Like if directors don't have anything lined up, of course, they're going to say yes. Like that that's you're bringing them an opportunity. Right. So yeah. I think that I'm glad you, you brought that up. And I'm also glad that you had the courage to reach out to the dancers and say, Hey, can you help me out here? This is something that for anyone who's watching or listening to this, that's a choreographer. I used to get like scared myself of like, why I, I'm not getting paid for this. So I don't have any money, so I can't really pay them to come in. And I feel like I'm taking advantage of them. But I, what I've learned from just talking to so many dancers about this is like, if they're not doing anything it's fun for them to be creative. They're getting to build a relationship with you. And then like your work is like, if you're showing this online, then like they're being shown through your content. So it's helping them build out their network. And when you are doing a show that you can hire people, the fact that they have a relationship with, with you now is going to help them then. So they're, they're eager to work with you as long as like, again, if you're getting paid, yes, you should share the wealth with them. If uh, you don't want to be putting people in like unsafe conditions or asking someone to spend like 24 hours without a break. I mean, like, that's kind of crazy. Right. But just a normal, like can we get together and like workshop some stuff. Dancers love to do that. And I think if you are wanting to choreograph or you are a choreographer, like not being afraid to ask dancers to help you because they really do. Um, they're, they are eager. I mean, do you, but yeah, like in that experience, hundred percent, but that clear delineation between like this is a passion project right now and we're doing this for fun. And if you have other commitments, being open to change and flexible to that, like, I am like one of the biggest advocates to pay the dancers. Like, you know what I mean? And I'm like being really clear as a choreographer, it's like, this is a passion project. We are being creative and having fun in this moment. I'm not getting paid. You're not getting paid. Like, but as opposed to if this professional gig in any sense of the word, Pay the dance. <laughs> yeah. well, like, well, and that's, to, like, 
Yeah, this is a good, since we're on this point, just so we have this platform to talk about it. It's like Uh, you, even pre-production, they just, if they're cast in the show, then they should be getting paid for that. Like that's not really pre-production, that's rehearsal, right? If they're already in the show. So I think like these theaters and sometimes certain choreographers try to get around if they want extra rehearsal time, they call it pre-production. Well, that's really just like you workshop, workshopping stuff that shouldn't be with the cast. If it's with the cast, then they should be getting paid for that, right? That's your workshopping what they're going to be doing already. Yep. I mean, that a lot of that comes around to and down to if you can muster it. And I find it's one of the strangest and hardest things to have adjusted to in the States is like being a part of a strong union is really important as artists because we're busy being creative. So you want somebody else yeah. out there really looking after you and fighting for you in those ways so that you're not worried about those things right yeah not being afraid to stand up though also because this is something we've talked a lot about in amplified artists too of like well i don't want to burn a bridge or i don't want to have this bad reputation i'm like but if this person's asking you to do something that's unsafe or they're be creating a toxic work environment do you really want to keep working with them like isn't that a bridge you'd probably be okay to burn and also like they must have a reputation in the industry for acting this way because they're that's how they're acting so everyone knows that so if that person were to bad mouth you and say, well, they didn't want to, you know, I want them to be lifting and they'd want a safety check before that. And like, like, well, yeah, of course. Like, so you're the, you're the asshole, not, not this person. Right. So yeah. I think and even if that might not be clear in the moment, yeah. trust me in time, that will become clear. <laughs> exactly. Right. So just, you have to advocate for yourself. And, and, you know, if that person doesn't respect that, then I would question whether you want to keep working for that person, because hopefully you want to be in a room where, everyone respects everyone and you're there to make the best art possible. So. Yeah. Um, okay. So going back now to what I wanted to ask you, cause you'd said this when you were working with casting about, um, opportunities to make our industry better. And so just from your point of view, doesn't have to be with casting, just performing yeah. choreography, whatever, what, you know, cause you have worked all over the world. You've worked through different unions, different, um, work environments, things like that. What, like from your point of view would make our industry better? Like what can we be doing to make it better? I mean, there's, I feel like a lot of the reflecting that happened through 2020, was like the industry and like taking a really frank look at it, like ripping some curtains back and being like, there's a lot of inequity here, um, that needs to be looked at. Um, I don't think there's one like blanket thing that's going to solve everything. And I feel like there is, there's a multitude of issues and you're not going to be able to solve everything at once, but you are going to be able to start working on all of them at the same time, which is important. Um, I think actually, I think from like a, a holistic point of view, I think if, as long as everybody keeps kindness at the forefront of what they're doing and the interactions that they're having everyone's going to learn and grow and develop together and that's going to be great um i think the industry needs to acknowledge that like okay when you're asking people to do really tricky stuff um that's hard on your body hard on your mind even like playing certain roles that's going to be going in like delving into trauma every night whatever it is like being kind wherever you can in every way that you can is huge. Um, and I think the industry as a whole does not need to have the 
we can remove some old adages of the the ballet teacher with a cigarette and a cane, right. and we can remove the the angry old director screaming at the performers. Like, there's no place for it. There's no need for it. And like, right. we're all here to share our voices. Um, I think, spe- like, in a little more of a like specific world, yeah, I do think that um, creating space for everyone's voice is so important um and a lot of that can be done through casting but making sure that the voices at the top represent what we want the industry to be and so if that means like some pretty massive changes being willing to have those frank conversations those tough conversations but make the changes like there's there's just no way in 2022 you can look at society as it is and not not acknowledge how much theater has benefited off the skills and talents of people, but the profit and the like commercialization of that theater has remained with the like archetype producer. Yeah. Um, and so looking at ways to change that and looking at ways to tell more diverse stories, more I, I honestly, it's more exciting. It's more interesting, A, and then using that to like utilize the talents of like just a broader scope of people and just kind of breaking norms and not being afraid to right. and knowing that just how things are going to be from now and not look at it, you know, like if anyone, if anyone like mutters the word, like ticks the diversity box or anything like that, like viscerally makes my blood boil. I'm like, absolutely not. We're not there anymore when we should never have been there. And I'm like, as an industry, we have to understand that that's a massive flaw and that there's such, such room to grow and be better as a whole that like, it's going to take everyone. It can't like, it can take you as a performer being offered a role you maybe like, I shouldn't be playing this role, knowing that you, knowing that, knowing in your heart that that's not you and you shouldn't be playing that role to the, like really producers and casting doing, it's going to be a tough road for them. Like I have, I don't envy that position. There's a lot of work that needs to be done there, but, um, it can be done. It absolutely can be done. And artists always lead revolutions. Um, Mm -hmm. and so knowing that is exciting. And it means you get to be a part of painting this brand new picture of what art looks like around the world on stage and the stories that are being told and the influence that is happening on society in a much wider scope. So for me, yeah, it's letting all voices in and doing it with kindness. Yeah. I think it's education too. It's like, that's, you know, when you are... Like if you look at, um, you know, at least in America, like the universities with their musical theater programs, if you just look at like the people that they accept and a part of that is also financial, but you know, there are scholarships and things of that nature, but just like for someone to feel comfortable, even applying to that university based on seeing what everyone typically looks like that goes there. Um, and this isn't just race. It could just be body type. It could be physical ability. It could be so many things. Um, Absolutely. And I think like, that's something that, we have to keep working on is like opening up education to everyone so that everyone does have the same opportunities from jump uh, and to learn and grow from the very beginning so that you're not just getting cast because you look a certain way, but you actually 
have the best talent for the role on top of that, right? Um, so yeah, I think that's good. And I, I agree with you that like, I think some producers get a bad rap because there are good producers who are doing all the things that you're saying. And I, those are the kinds of ones that I like to work with. However, I do agree that the people that are really controlling most of the Broadway, and there's only 41 of them, right? So like, even that alone, it's like keeping it so exclusive when it's like, I don't even know if that's a really good financial model because like there's people right. in the world. Why are you trying to bring everyone to you and only have 41 theaters to do it? Like that doesn't seem very smart, right? So it's just like this level of control that like until they like open up the idea that like, well, we could also call Broadway theaters in Chicago and have those be Broadway shows, even though they're not on, because I mean, how many shows are actually on Broadway, right? So it's like, right. we're like, that's just ridiculous. Or even using that as like the the definition of it or whatever. But yeah, it's, I think, like you said, like getting rid of these old, you know, archetypes, yeah. like that's the, the Broadway producer, I think is one that needs to be expanded of like, what is Broadway? And like, why are we using that as a definition of our industry instead of performing arts or theater or whatever else we want to call it? Like we all resort to that Broadway word. And so it keeps everyone feeling like, well, if I'm not working on Broadway or if the show's not on Broadway, we're going to pay people less. It's going to be less prestige. You're not going to be considered as talent when like, I work with the same Broadway people that I do in New York all over the world. It's literally the same people. Why are we getting paid differently? Why is it like changing like yep. quality, like all these things? So yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. And like, I think like to build on that, like even if like from a, from us as creatives, if we're telling different stories and those stories are reaching communities and they're seeing a different, right. Um, story being told on stage that then obviously there are different barriers and stuff, but opening that up and having that representation means that more of those people go into early education in the arts. Um, and then you have, then you really are building that pool of people that can do it grassroots community, which is where it needs to start. And then from that, then the, like then the university programs are going to expand and like it's where and what can you be doing at each stage that's going to benefit this as a whole. There's no vague solution to this. Oh. It's, it's, it's going to take a long time and it's going to take a lot of work. Um, yeah. but I, it's ultimately going to be for the benefit, not just like of theater, but like society as a whole yeah. and like the purpose of art and how it influences people. Right. Like people shouldn't have to live in New York to see amazing art. And you also shouldn't have to live in New York as an artist. I mean, some of the best performers I've ever worked with were people who chose not to live in New York and they lived in whatever theater or so whatever town that the theater was in that I was working in, and they were just a local actor, but they were just as qualified, just as talented. Maybe they had done some Broadway shows and had moved out of New York or whatever it may be, but they were choosing not to live in New York. And so I think like, again, like there's this amazing talent all over the world why aren't we sharing stories from people all over the world? Why aren't we giving access to that? Like, so yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, glad sure. we're on the same page about that. Yeah. <laughs> so anyone watching that like wants to start helping make theater outside of New York City, go for it, please do. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, so, all right, well, this, is there anything else we didn't touch on that you want to share about like your journey to choreography and like what your, you know, your tips for anyone else trying to pursue this? Anything else you want to say? Like any... Honestly, I feel like actually like one tip I would say, which has helped me a lot, um, is especially starting out new and you did mention it before is like, 
somewhat having your ducks in a row, like having a good body of work to share before you start sharing things. It's okay to like start in your own head, be like, like I'm creating and I want to be doing this thing. When you start sharing that with people, people will be interested, like hopefully um, people are interested and they'll ask for something and like make sure that you've got something there. And so in your downtime or in the time that you're like, un like just be creating and making sure like the better your body of work is and that's going to consistently keep evolving and growing. But if you have a good base, something to start with, that's, that's your initial pitch. And that's the thing that's going to kind of like get you a little bit of traction with the human connection you've had with that person. So if you can link your talent with your, with the connection you made with a person, but you actually have something to share right. instead of being like, yeah, yeah, I'm a choreographer. I've got nothing for you that, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's not, it's not as useful. Like, trust me. Um, cool. Help them trust you. Yeah. That was my tip. That's good. So if people want to learn more about you or find, you know, find you to connect with you, where should they go? Where's the best place for them to? Okay. To work with me, um, uh, yeah. go to .com, um and uh, you'll see all my stuff there. Um, and then if you want to just follow along and uh, see what I do in my life, uh, at Michael Stan Van is uh, my Instagram handle. Awesome. Cool. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for sharing all of your like wisdom and your, your story with us. I, I think it's really inspiring for people to hear. So I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Cool. Thanks, Kate. Okay. See you later. Bye-bye. Mickey is such a great guy, and I'm so glad he shared his thoughts and experiences with us. And I hope that you feel inspired now to take a step forward if you've been holding yourself back in any way. And this goes beyond just transitioning from one area of our industry to another. We put these roadblocks up all the time. But since we are the ones who are putting the roadblocks up, we are also the ones who can take them down. Before we wrap up here, don't forget you can get my three-part branding formula guide and worksheet on my website at jimcooney.me forward slash branding or by following the link in the show notes. If you like this episode, be sure to subscribe. And while you're there, leave the show a five-star review, especially if you think this podcast will be helpful for someone else. If you've got any questions, give me a shout on Instagram at jimcooneynyc. Remember, there's no one on the planet who's just like you. Stay true to the gifts that you have and who you are. Thanks for tuning in today. Now, here's a little preview of next week's episode. See you then. If there's one thing I get on a soapbox about, it's this idea of a starving artist. I'm going to say it flat out. It's a myth. It is simply not true. In fact, it's more than a myth. It's a harmful belief that diminishes your value in so many ways. That's why it's so important we break you free from a starving artist mindset.